choir. Thank you, Sir Greg. And to all, good morning. We're happy in the Lord. Say amen to that. Amen. Your Bible, please. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 15, we are going to read verses number 1 to 11. A sinner saved by grace. I like that. I am just a sinner saved by grace. I hope you can say it this morning. You're saved by the grace of God. Last two weeks ago when we had our camp, few people have come to me and uh, asked some questions regarding their, they had loved ones who are devoted um, Seventh-day Adventist people. And uh, there is a, somehow they wanted to know more about the difference between the law and grace. Are you saved by the law, obeying the law? Or by grace? Or are you saved both uh, in between? Are you saved by works or by grace? By faith? And so, uh, and then this week somehow I have some of those questions. And so I decided to preach on that subject this morning. And I hope, <clears throat> and if the Lord allows, we will be. We'll be um, spending in the next few Sundays on dealing with the issue. Are we saved by grace or by, by obeying the law or by grace? Are we saved by works or by faith? And so it's a, uh, a broad issue in the Bible that you just cannot have it in one setting. So I intend to preach more on that a little bit. And I hope that you are ready with your pen this morning and take note and be a blessing. This is a doctrinal, doctrinal sermon and so I hope that you learn this morning from the Word of God. <clears throat> and uh, if you happen to uh, have a hard time catching up with me, anyhow, our sermons are on the Facebook uh, Bible Baptist Church. You can, uh, you can follow up there or, uh, or you know, you can listen it uh, by yourself and wherever you, you, you miss during the time of preaching. Is salvation by law or by grace? Naluas ba ta pinagi sa balaod or sa grasya? And uh, so is salvation by law or by grace? Big question mark. Rise please in Acts 15. We begin reading verses number 1 up to verse 11. Share your Bible please this morning. We have baptizing today as I have said. This will be our topic in this next few Sundays. Sunday night, Wednesday night. And I hope that it's a good crowd this morning. It's a really it's really inspiring to preach when, when you have a good crowd. And I hope that you will be blessed. And we have, I notice we have plenty of visitors this morning. And uh, I hope that you will be blessed 
and uh, feel a warm welcome here at the Bible Baptist Church. Before we read the Bible, kindly look around and give a smile, please, and say, I'm happy you're here. I'm happy to see you. <clears throat> Just quickly give a smile. <clears throat> Let people, everybody feel they, we are welcome here in the Bible Baptist Church. Verse 1, and so what we do is we read it responsibly today from verses 1 to 11. Take note. We will be, this message will take us up to verse 33, or I mean 30, 36. But we will just read for the text, verse 1 to 11. Notice every word here. And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. And being brought on their way by the church, they passed through Penis and Samaria, declaring the conversion of the Gentiles, and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. <clears throat> but there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying, that is what they believed, that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. <clears throat> and when they had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made a choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Now therefore, why thank you God to put a yoke upon the necks of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? So remember this, take note before we pray. Verse 1, uh, except they said, if you circumcise after the manner of Moses, the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Verse 5, and then uh, it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses, to be saved. But verse 11, but we believe <clears throat> that through the grace of of our Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Is that clear? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God. Help thy servant that he may be able to preach in a way, Lord, that in a way that your people especially and those who are not saved may hear the word of the gospel clear. Help me to present it through the Holy Spirit the wisdom and the power of the Holy Spirit to whom I yield myself to. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Be seated, please. <clears throat> Again, 
is salvation by law or by grace. You see, there are people today who claim, they claim to be Christian, but they still hang on to the law. They, the law is still a requirement for you. You're not saved, but you have to keep the law after you are saved. Or are we totally, completely delivered from the grip of the law? And so is salvation by law or by grace? So this sermon will, as I've said, will take us to up to 36, verse 36. And there are three major thoughts that we would like to consider in our study for this morning. Next Sunday, again, we will, by the grace of God, continue on this. But this morning, there are three thoughts that we would like to consider. Number one, verses 1 to 5, in Acts chapter 15, we look at the dispute. The dispute. And then, verses number 6 to 18, we look at the defense. And then, uh, verses 19 to 36, we look at the decision. So, quickly... We have the dispute, number one, and then the defense, and then the decision. Say it with me, three thoughts. Number one, the dispute, the defense, the decision. Those are the three thoughts that we divide in the chapter today. As I have said a while ago, this is a doctrinal sermon or message, so you learn from the Word of God. Now, big problem arose to hinder the progress of the gospel. The gospel started in the city of Jerusalem, the church in Jerusalem, and then um, composed mainly of the Jewish people, and then as commanded by Christ, commissioned by Christ, they began to expand. And so Antioch became now the headquarter. And so we know that Peter was the first spokesperson of the Lord to the Gentiles. And then Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, uh, committed uh, to the Gentile uh, era or, 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 or people. Now, so uh, it all started, the problem started when some of the legalistic, I say legalistic, Jewish leaders came to Antioch. It's a place there are two Antiochs in the Bible. So this Antioch, this one here became the, now the headquarter. So uh, of, the, of uh, the missionary headquarter of the Apostle Paul in spreading the gospel. So they came, the, these leaders from Jerusalem church, they came to Antioch. And then they taught, nagtudlo sila, that the Gentiles, who are the Gentiles by the way? And you and me, Amen. If you are not a Jew, you are a Gentile. If you are a Mexican, a Filipino, or an American, we are all Gentiles. Amen? Outside of the covenant of God. And so they thought that the Gentiles, so that they spread the gospel, people were saved, and these were newly believers now in Antioch. And so there were people coming from the church of Jerusalem, they came into Antioch. They heard, oh, people were getting saved there. So they came into the church and they taught that you said you were saved, but you are Gentiles. You Gentiles, in order for you to be saved, you had to be circumcised. 
wrong with this. Circumcise is just to make it, you know, uh, to avoid being vulgar here. Circumcise is uh, cutting of the flesh. And, uh, you know, uh, that's a budge for the Jewish people. And so the, you need to be circumcised. And, uh, and number two, obey the law of Moses. So these men were uh, associated with the Jerusalem congregation, but not authorized by the church. So they came out, they claimed to be members of the Jerusalem church, but there was no authority at all. Verse 24, Acts 15, 24, and much, for as much as we have heard that certain went out from us, have troubled you with words, subverting your souls, saying, ye must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. Now, what does it mean? They had no authority. And they, there was no authority from the apostles of the church. They just, uh, by their own will, they came to, to subvert. And you know what the word subvert means. So twisting the truth. They were saved by grace. And so they were insisting, grace is not enough. You need to add more, add more to it. So they were not authorized by the church. They were identified with the Pharisees. Acts 15 verse number 5. And, but there rose up certain sect of the Pharisees which believed. This is what they believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Except, they said, you be circumcised and obey the law of Moses. You cannot, that's not enough. Grace is not enough. That's their argument. But verse 11 says, we believe that by the grace of God, we as Jewish people shall be saved even as they. So now, <clears throat> these were people, uh, teachers who were false brethren actually, who wanted to rob uh, both Jewish, the Jews and the Gentiles, believers of their liberty in Christ. I have no time but Galatians 2 verses 1 to 10. You can list it down. But Galatians 5, look at verse 1 please. Quickly, Galatians chapter 5. Verse number 1. Galatians 5. Stand fast, Paul said to the Galatian believers. Stand fast. Be strong. Therefore in the what? Liberty. You are not under the law anymore. There's liberty now. <clears throat> There's freedom now. Stand fast therefore in the liberty. Wherewith who? Christ. Not religion but Christ hath made us free amen and be not entangled again with the yoke yoke remember that word yoke a bondage so we are set free now let's move on because time is very limited I wish we have enough time but we have to observe time of course to be fair with people coming to church so we have to stop when it is time to stop. Number one, the dispute. Verses 1 to 5. The dispute. <clears throat> now, false teachers have plagued the church throughout history. That's the first statement I would like to say. False teachers have plagued the church throughout its history. They always come in and out, come in and out. And they are still true today. 
They are emissaries of Satan sent to destroy the church's power and corrupt the proclamation of the gospel. Two of the apostles, Peter and Paul, warned of the false teachers. Their pernicious influence uh, during that time had already, uh, was already being felt in the church. By the way, pernicious means destructive. Their ways of convincing people and then, you know, uh, uh, teaching people. Remember this? No, they were out there to um, twist the gospel. And uh, so harm uh, the gospel. In First Peter, Second Peter 2 verse 1, please. Share your Bible quickly there. Second Peter, Peter warned about them. Second Peter 2 verse number 1 and 2. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who shall privately bring in damnable what? Heresies, teaching that are false, that are not true, based on the Bible, and, uh, uh, and denying the Lord brought in, bring upon themselves swift destruction. Many shall follow their pernicious ways or harmful ways. Remember that. And so, um, my heart is, you know, really burdened. I don't, I, I don't despise them. I, I really pray for them. And my intention is this. And uh, uh, Seventh-day Adventists are good friends. They, they need to be saved. Amen? We need to pray for their salvation. If you have, have Seventh-day Adventist background or if you have relatives that are uh, followers of Seventh-day Adventist church, Obeying the law to be saved. Obeying the law. Insisting that you need to obey the law to be saved. I want you to know that this preacher and this church is praying for you. And our, our hearts out there for you. You need to be saved. Please listen. And that you, 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 you will get saved. In Acts 20, verse number 29. Please in your Bible. Acts 20, verse number 29. Let us listen from the Apostle Paul. Um, let us pray for the, our wirings here. It's really bad thing during the preaching time. The devil always done to have his share during the service. So don't, don't allow the, you know, the sounds you hear to distract you. Uh, Acts 20.29, 20, please, in your Bible. Acts 20.29, 20, <clears throat> it says there, verse number 29, I know this after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. See, listen to this. The most destructive of the destructive heresies. Double jeopardy here. The most destructive of the destructive heresies since... Um, it dumps man. The most on top of every false teaching is the teaching that salvation is by human works. That's the most destructive among all. Ang pagtudlong, ang kaluasan is through human works. 
So you do it in order to be saved. You do it. You do it. You do it. You do it. That's destructive heresy. Most destructive heresy. On Christianity it says, it's done. Amen. It is finished. You are not obligated to do anything. Just grab it by faith and you will be saved. Amen. What must I do to be saved? Be baptized. What must I do to be saved? Obey the law. What must I do to be saved? Do this and that. What must I do to be saved? Believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now this doctrine, the most destructive of the destructive, false among all the false teachings is the teaching that salvation is by human effort. And it falls into all religion now. All religion. Whether they are Pentecostals or Protestants. Or remember, Baptists, we Baptists are not Protestants. Amen? That should be made clear. And so, now, this doctrine is the credo, they said. What does credo mean? It means um, the uh, major teaching that guides their, you know, false teaching. This is considered the credo of uh, all false religion and, and the longest running heresy in the history of the church. Since the very beginning. Verse 1, please. Look, look, no, share your Bible, please. I'm, I'm conscious of the times. So verse 1, it says there. Certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren that except he be circumcised after the manner of Moses. You cannot be, you cannot be saved. You cannot be saved. Men came down. Paul and Barnabas, as a result, when their Paul and Barnabas had no small, can you imagine, dissension and disputation with them. Oh, they had a debate there. Oh, they had a real, real fight there. They had small, no small dissension and disputation with them. They determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other men should go up to Jerusalem and to the apostles and elders about this question, about this, about this matter. Now, Paul and Barnabas fought for the truth. You don't easily give up. When therefore you, you, don't, you don't try to make, you know, to create fights with people. You, you, what I mean is they stood for the truth. Amen. You don't easily give up. You know that's truth, so you stand for it. So when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension, Paul and Barnabas faced them, confronted them. And, uh, and uh, how did they do it? They confronted them, these false brethren, head on, face to face. He was an issue that allowed for no compromise for them. No matter, no matter who they were or who they came from, this error had to be opposed before it destroyed the church. You have to stand for it. Amen? And so the Holy Spirit uses two words actually to describe Paul's method of dealing with the wrong teaching hurting the church. He and Barnabas had no small dissension with them. The word literally means a standing up 
or disagreement. They stood up. And they were teaching the brothers, no, 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 it's wrong, it's wrong. Luke uses the word to describe, uh, actually remember Barabbas, the one supposedly to be crucified instead of Christ. Barabbas who for a certain sedition or insurrection, it's the same word, sedition and insurrection, made in the city was cast into prison. Luke 23 verse number 19. So Paul now saw this false doctrine in its true light as sedition. What they were doing actually was they came to church teaching false doctrine. So they, Paul considered it what? Sedition and uh, insurrection. High treason against God. He dealt with it accordingly. So they had no small, uh, not, not only small dissension, but disputation with them. So Luke uses the word to describe the reaction of the Jews of Rome to Paul's gospel in Acts 28. Verse number 29, they great reasoning among, they had great reasoning among themselves. So they stood up. They said, no, Paul, uh, people, uh, grace is not enough. They have to obey the law. Paul said, no. We believe that the grace of God. That's what they did. So remember this, the most destructive of the destructive heresies since it dumps men is the teaching that salvation is by human works. So recognize number two, look at verse five. By mixing human works with faith. So they were trying to mix up human works with faith. But there rose certain, verse five, sect of the parishes who believed, which believed that it was needful, it was necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses to be saved. Number two, listen to this. By mixing human works with faith, they nullified grace. They make void or invalid the, the, the grace of God. They disregard the grace of God. You set aside grace. Because you cannot say, well, grace, uh, 10%, and then works 90% or, or grace 99%, at least 1% works. Mix them up together and then they, you, will, you will find salvation. No. You have, you have to draw a line. It's either grace, stop it there, period, or works. You cannot say both works, grace, grace, work. No. So by, by mixing human works... You see, people today would say, well, you can be saved by receiving Christ plus baptism. That's mix, mixing it up. Uh, you can be saved uh, today, you receive Jesus Christ, but you have to continue. You have to, you, you're not saved 100%. It, is, it depends on how you, if, if you continue or not. That's not salvation. Salvation is 100% done. It is not your work. You have nothing to do with it. And so, open your Bible, please. Romans 11, verse number 6, to, 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 to explain it a little bit farther. Romans 11. Are you, are you learning? Amen? Are you, are you catching? So, am, I, am I too past to... 
or too slow. I, 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 I want you really to follow with me. Romans 11, verse number 6. Now, open your Bible there, please. And if by grace, you don't, you don't mix it with works, grace, no. There is a drone, a line drone here, by the word of God. And if by grace, then it is no more of what? Works. Otherwise, grace is no more what? Grace. Uh, let's say, granting, but if it uh, works, then it is no more of grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Is that clear? Claro? Yes. So, people said, grace, faith, plus. You don't find it in the Bible. Amen? Am I, am I coming to you clear? Claro ba? But grace, grace. And uh, so, look at this, please. Now, to add anything to Christ as being necessary to salvation, let's say circumcision, uh, any human work of any kind, for example, is to deny that Christ is the complete Savior. And uh, putting something on, on a par with Him, and uh, that is fatal, actually. Let me give you an example. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of an example. What if, you know, just, just imagine here. Let's create a bridge that will reach heaven now. A bridge that is composed of 100 steps. Usaka gatoska step, padulong sa langit. And of course, Jesus Christ, I am the what? way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father or coming to the Father but by me, except by me. So He's the way. So let's look at Christ. Christ is now presenting a way or steps, a ladder, a, a, a bridge that will, or, or, or a, a ladder that will be composed of 100 steps. This is Christ now. And Christ will provide us 99 steps. Only 99 steps. And 1% is baptism. 1% is good works. Will it make it to heaven? You think it will make it to heaven? No. What if you have uh, one, one, uh, nine, let's say 999 miles to reach the way? You lack one mile. Will you reach the destination? No. It must be 100% Christ and Christ and Christ and Christ alone. You don't say, well, I was saved, but I still am hoping uh, I, would, I would make it to heaven. Oh, but the problem is I am not yet baptized. I am not yet this and that. No. When you receive Christ as a sinner, you are done. You are 100% sure Saved. Amen? For those who believe that ceremony or ritual plays a, a part in salvation have denied the truth that man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. 
Let me give you two verses here. Let me expound two verses. Two verses. The Bible says in the book of Romans 3.28. Listen to this. You need to write this down. Romans 3.28. Please. Romans 3.28. It says there. Therefore. I have dealt with so many. So many. Seventy Adventist people. And these are the verses that I usually use. So I hope you will be guided. You need to write this down. Therefore we conclude. If it is a conclusion, do not try to extend it. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified. Justification is God's judicial act of declaring somebody as if you have never seen on the basis of Christ. Justification is not to make you righteous. It is to declare you righteous. Not because of something you have done. It is something because of something that Christ has done in your behalf. Now, we conclude that a man is justified by, come on now, without. Why do people keep on insisting? You need to do this and that. Without the deeds of the one. Is that clear? Claro Dele. Amen. Another verse. Galatians 2 verse 16, please, in your Bible. Book of Galatians chapter 2, verse number 16. And I said it will take us a few Sundays to really, really find more and more things. Galatians 2 verse 28. Galatians chapter 2, chapter 2 verse number 20. 20. I'm in verse 16. I'm sorry. Galatians 2 16. Knowing that a man is not. Don't skip the word not. N-O-T. Man is not justified by works of the law. But by what? Faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. And so he kneels it with this statement here. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be what? Justified. Knowing that a man is not justified, even if we have believed in Jesus. Believe. In Jesus. Faith is trust actually. Trust. It begins with knowledge. You know it. And so it is not blind lip. It is, it is not blind. Uh, it, it, it is built on facts. You believe that Jesus Christ died for you. So it is not speculations. Faith or trust. Is, it takes its life on the outcome. So it is not impractical. Faith is trusting Christ and proving his promises because he said it, he did it. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, literally, it literally means we have believed into Christ. What does it mean? It implies uh, an act of personal commitment, not just, not just assenting to the facts concerning Christ, but actually running to him for refuge and, and uh, Seeking for his mercy.
Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Lord Jesus, you died for my sins. You are God's only son who died for my sins. Explain this explanation here about the law. Galatians 3 verse 21, please. Galatians 3, 21. Galatians 3, is the law then against the promises of God? Now, people would get confused and said, well, how? Is the law then against the promise of God? Of course, God forbid, or there is, had been. Now look at this. Simple argument in the word of God. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. Can you imagine? If only the law can provide life for you to, to save you. Why would Jesus Christ have to come and, and die for you? Huh? Why, did, why did he have to come? And uh, the problem is not with the law, actually. You don't blame the law. The problem is you and me. Amen? And uh, the problem is we are unable because of our weakness, because of our flesh. And because of that, God has tried to save us, but the law could not save us. So, and it is in Romans 8, verse number 3, it says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemns sin in the flesh. The Bible leaves no question about the matter. The law the law was never given to save anyone. So if you have a Seventh-day Adventist background, now listen to this. Or if you have been led to believe that for a while that the law will save you. The law was never given to save anyone. Not one single sinner in all history of human race has ever been saved by keeping the law of God. That's the truth of the matter. Nobody has yet been saved. In fact, God never gave the law that it would bring about salvation. You need to understand that. I hope you are, I do it slowly. Anyhow, we still have uh, about probably three or four Sundays from now. To be saved by the law Said, well, you insist, well, well you, 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 you insist yourself on grace, but I, I insist myself on the law. Now, listen to this. To be saved by the law, the law must be kept perfectly, perfectly, and two things, continuously. Imagine, huh? Say, well, uh, I, I can do it. Only ten Commandments. Now, by the way, there is more than the Ten Commandments. I will, I will explain it to you. Yes, the Ten Commandments, the moral law, you have, you have ten, but there are ceremonial laws. And if you count them, there are more than 1,500 different laws. Listen to this. In other words, you have to obey all of them completely 1,500 plus laws 
You have to obey them completely and continuously. You cannot stop on one point. Why? Because James says, James 2 says, Whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is what? Guilty of all. It's like climbing up a coconut tree. Nunay hak-hak na 100 ka steps. So in English sa hak-hak, binisa sa hak-hak, steps na lang, para rano. And uh, so, 100 steps, you, you climb up the tree. And so, you now reach 80 steps, you slide on one step, what will happen? You slide all the way down. Just one step, you just miss one step. You try to obey the law, remember this, the law has to be observed perfectly, number two, do not write it down, and continuously. If you want to reach Wakabutong Satas, you have to go up 100, 100 steps. You can get it. But if you only reach 93 steps, you slide down, what will happen? All of the steps that you have accumulated will be nothing. Now you, you need to be perfect to do that. To insist on, say, well, I will, I will insist myself. Remember this, Galatians 3, look at verse number 10. A verse to prove that. Galatians 3, look at verse number 10. Okay, Galatians 3, verse number 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are what? Hui, I, I don't like this. If I were you to change your mind, you, you said you, you oblige yourself under the law. You are under what? Huh? Curse. Depende kung imo pronounce nga course, okay lang siguro, pero if you, know, if you pronounce it right, because I, I, I hear people say you are under course. Now, you, you pronounce it right, it's not delicado. Huh? Four-year course, a three-year course, but now, you pronounce it right. And you, you do it right. Verse 10, For as many as are of the works of the law are under what? The curse. For it is written, Curse is everyone that continueth in all things. Can you imagine? Okay, Raman. You insist, you insist yourself on obeying the law. Do it. If you want to. But the condition is do it perfectly and do it continuously. If you are holding on to a chain and beneath you have 100 miles and you have big rocks out there, you are holding on to your life to a chain, just cut one link of that chain and what will happen to you? Huh? The same thing. You're holding on to the law. Just cut one link of the chain and you'll be dumb out there. Is that clear? Is that clear? And so, 
The Bible says curse is everyone. Underline the word everyone. That continueth in all things. Everyone, there are no exception. For it says everyone. There must be unbroken obedience. One single transgression places man under the curse of the law. And uh, I have no more time. We have baptized. The point is this. I still have I still have 100 pages here. So, Actually, I'm just beginning, coming out of my introduction. But I hope you have learned something this morning. Get excited. We will learn more. It is not made to attack people. I close with giving you the difference between the law and grace. There are 12 things, and I will give the invitation. Number one, what's the difference between the law and grace? Law, I said law versus grace. Under the law, number one, there was a dividing veil in the Holy of Holies, holy place, Nobody can get into the Holy, holy of Holies except the high priest once a year. You, you step into within the holy place, you will die. Why? Because there was a veil. Cortina, curtain that divides the people and God because God is holy. By the way, the law is the reflection of who God is. The law was not given to save you. It was added because of translation. The law is given, and I will be dealing on this next time, not to make you righteous, but to make you realize that you are a great sinner in the sight of God. Because looking at the law, the mirror, the law serves as a mirror. It's a reflection of who God is. God is holy. He is absolutely holy. We are sinners how can a man be just with God? You cannot be just by obeying the law because the problem is you. God gave the law to Moses to prepare their hearts. It was a schoolmaster to bring them, to prepare them to receive Jesus Christ. For them to understand that they are, they are unable to save themselves. There was a veil separating man and God under the law. Under grace, grace brought a rent veil. It was rent from top to the bottom. Amen. The way is made open. Amen. In the Old Testament, you know what? You see these policemen when there is a crime uh, committed, they would they would all uh, you know always immediately. Uh, uh, put a do not cross line. Do not cross. In the Old Testament, you know, the God is in the, it's like that. You cannot approach God. When the, during the giving of the law, there was a, <coughs> there, there was a, a line said do not cross. Even animals would get, get entered into the place. They had to be, to be killed by a dart. Because you can, that's, the place is holy. God is holy. I was talking to a, 
I was talking to a Seventh-day Adventist in Bukidnon. I said, do you realize how holy God is? You approach God. Do you, do you realize how, how, how holy God is? Nobody can approach God. But during the time of grace, grace has opened the way. The veil was rent when Jesus Christ died on the cross. That's that's a great difference that you will you, you will find between the difference between grace and the law of God. The law curses the sinner. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Grace covers the sinner. Amen. The law cries out, do and live. For you to live, do it, do it. Grace cries out, it is done. It is finished. The law cries out, every mouth must be stopped. You stop. You say, well, God, you know I'm a member. Stop! But Lord, I'm a member of the church. I'm a good, I've been a member for 50. Stop! How open do you come to church? Best member kakulang. Amen? Lord, I give my tithe. Stop! Every time you open your mouth on, to brag something on something that you have done, God says, stop, stop, kulang, 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 not enough. Amen? No one has ever stood before God and, and said, Lord, I am Mr. Perfect. Some of the young ladies probably have found Mr. Perfect, but there is no perfect in the sight of God. Amen? There is no perfect. Remember that in the sight of God. Grace brought salvation to us. What you need is you need to be saved by the grace of God. You as a sinner, you come to the foot of the cross. Say, Lord, I am a sinner. I need to be saved. I need your grace. I need your mercy. Let us all stand up, please. Dear God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the initial part of the series of lessons about the difference between the law and grace. Lord, people need to know the truth. People need the gospel. There is one great need. We are all sinners. We are damned sinners. We are condemned sinners. We are hopeless. We are helpless. Totally, Lord, separated from God. But Jesus Christ, your Son, was sent down here on earth God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life in Jesus. We can have life. We can have salvation by faith. It's free. Absolutely free. It's a done deal. For by grace are you saved through faith. It must be faith plus nothing. Nothing except the death of Christ. The blood of Christ. By faith we receive him into our hearts today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.